I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. NFL, college football, and now MLB playoff action all heats up this week with games that you are not going to want to miss out on. Visit our good friends and exclusive partners at Podcast One, betonline.ag, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use promo code Podcast One for your 50% sign up bonus. NFL Week 5's biggest matchup Rams at Seattle, Baltimore at Pittsburgh, Green Bay at Dallas, India at Kansas City, Cleveland at San Francisco. College football Week six biggest matchup are Georgia at Tennessee, Auburn at Florida, big game, two top 10 teams, Cal at Oregon, Iowa at Michigan, Michigan State at Ohio State. MLB playoffs starting this week, Astros, Yankees, Minnesota, AL Division leaders, Dodgers, Braves, and St. Louis, Milwaukee battling at the top for NL Division leaders. You guys, if you're just joining us, there's a $500 reward each week that's being given out to the winning show to five listeners, okay? So this past week... We picked all losing teams. No, we did not. But but my teams, a couple of them just did not show up. And they, they were favorites to win their games. And they just they blew it, man. My Rams, I don't know what the hell they were doing. Packers, I mean, that's home field advantage. And, and you just didn't show up. And those Colts, man, what can you do? So we got zero points. The way the point system works, we ended up with zero points this week. But we're coming back this week. And I have to tell you, I've never, I've never had a little bit of a wager on games before because I played and I, and I wasn't able to do that. It makes watching these games a little bit more fun. It really does. It's like you, you, you have... So wait, if you play in the NFL, you can't bet? Absolutely not. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Okay, no wonder why. Okay, this is a $5,000 season-long charity contest, you guys. We are super competitive, yes, are. and I am not uh, overly happy about oh, the yes. fact that we got zero points. So our picks this week are? Patriots, we're locking them in. Uh, Bills, Ravens, Eagles, Chiefs, we're also locking them in. And uh, we're going to see. We're coming back this week. We're coming back, you guys. Join the conversation on Twitter with hashtag SportsNetChallenge. Visit BetOnline.ag. And don't forget that promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Podcast One presents House of Kim with Kim Zolciak-Bierman. Join Kim, her husband, and six children as she shares her journey to success and the positive mentality that brought her there. Come on in and make yourself at home. Now, here's your host, Kim Zolciak-Bierman. Hi, you guys. Welcome to this episode of House of Kim. Hello, hello. Hi. We have Brielle here with us today, you guys. There's a couple reasons why we have Brielle here with us. One, her friend nailed my gate, but we're going to get into that in a second. Um, and then we're also going to be joined by another special guest, um, Chris Tuff, um, who wrote The Millennial Whisper, and we'll get into that here in a second. Um, let's just jump into, uh, sweetie, let's just jump into Saturday. Our weekly update. Our weekly update, you guys. Are you ready for it? Okay. Are you ready for it? 
you know, kids have been sick, croup. It's been, Cash has been out of school the last couple of days. I think just a very big transition with the nanny leaving um, and all that good stuff. So Saturday's homecoming. It actually looks like gloomy outside. And I'm like really playing, praying hard for Ariana because this is her last homecoming dance, which I feel like there's a lot of last this year, you know, for, for Ariana. And so I almost didn't even want to see her because I didn't want to start crying. But thank God Brielle's friend nailed my gate and I, you know, didn't get the chance to cry. So anyway, um, Ariana got her hair and makeup done. She's got a couple of her girlfriends here getting ready. Everybody's coming to our house for photos. I'm kind of in the kitchen. Um trying to just get things organized. It's tough not having my usual nanny because she's, you know, organizes and puts things away. So it's been a little bit of a, a stressful week for us and all that good stuff. We're so our routine. yeah, we're just very much out of our routine. And then with, with the cat kids being sick and whatnot. So I'm kind of in the kitchen, I think cleaning coffee pots or something, mm-hmm. you know, it's afternoon. I'm in the backyard. Croy's in the backyard. He's replacing, heads. replacing all the sprinkler heads that somebody tried to charge us $7,000 for. And right. it cost Croy. How much did it cost you to do? Uh, uh, a couple hundred bucks for them all. Oh my God! Yeah. Really? The dogs, uh, dogs had a heyday when they would pop up because we had replaced our grass, and so we have to keep extra water on our on our little sections of new grass. And so when they popped up, our dogs decided to act like they were chew toys. Yep. All <laughs> nine or ten, ten different sprinkler heads. So, um. Anyways, I'm hanging out back there, and 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 all I hear is cry. Okay, well, wait, hold on. So I am at the, um, I am at the sink, and I'm washing the coffee pots, and in comes this girl who I feel like she looks kind of familiar, but she's alone, and she like comes towards me to give me a big old hug, and I'm like, hi. She's like, hi. I'm so and so. Hi, and then she's like, hi, Sin, and Sin's kind of like, uh. I'm not into it, basically looking at her. And, and I'm like, no, that's okay. You know, he's eating his food. Like, the dog doesn't like to be touched. He's very territorial with his food. Um, she's like, that's okay. You know what? It's fine. And she was kind of like a little bit obnoxious, per se. And I was thinking to myself, like, I know this girl, but I'm not really sure where. She's super cute. Okay, super cute. She's like, look, look at my ring. She just got engaged. Her ring is really beautiful. And... um she said it was almost as big as mine. I was like, sure is. And she talked about kind of her wedding. And then Kaya came in and she was hugging her. She was hugging everybody. She tried to hug Berta. And Berta's like, nah, honey. You know, the 70, 80-year-old nanny. So anyways, Brielle kind of comes downstairs with her or whatever. And I'm like, looking at Brielle, like, am I supposed to know this girl? I mean, and Brielle's kind of like, yeah, this is my friend. You know, her boyfriend and her and blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, oh, it kind of clicks, you know, who she is or whatever. Uh, uh, has she ever been here before? No. 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 So how, so we're just... But they've to... been friends. Well, uh, mom knows about her because oh, she knows okay. I know her her fiance really right. well. Right, right. But you're you're out with her a lot on oh, okay. your Instagram yeah, stories and stuff. Okay. Yeah, I know I've seen her kind of before. So there's a lot of cars here, you guys. There's Janelle, the makeup artist. Brittany's doing Ariana's hair. Um, Ariana's got three or four girlfriends' cars that are kind of here as well. So her Brielle's friend kind of pulls behind two other vehicles. So she's a little bit up in the, of the hill, the driveway kind of going up towards the gate. That's where her car was parked. And so Brielle, they were all going to go eat somewhere and we had to get the cars out of the driveway because all the parents are going to start showing up. So I get a phone call from my friend who was in the driveway. It was like, I'm not trying to be a snitch, but Brielle's (laughs) friend just nailed your gate and uh, she left. And I'm like, dude, what? 
So I just go to the front door, just go to the front door and I look and the light, which is like probably two and a half feet tall, you know, on the gate, like a big gate light is on its side. The whole top of the, the, yeah, the, it's, a, it's a two foot, it's about two and a half foot by two and a half foot stone column. That's probably close to nine feet tall that has a, that has a, a two foot light on top of it to, to, and a 1500 pound gate attached to it. Right. Uh, and it's, it's leaning. The, the, the whole stone's cracked and shifted. The lights shifted. I can't tell by the gate. So I'm like, cry. <laughs> and you know, I'm a firecracker, y'all. I'm just saying. I know we can fix it. Not a big deal. Whatever. She was going nuts. So I'm like, Brielle, get your ass down here now. And she's like, what? What? What happened? What happened? Dude. So Corey's like, dude, get your friend back here. Like now. Well, that's that. that that's. I don't again, even I think. I don't understand that. Like, I don't even. I think. Going? What, I don't what, think I, she really it registered. Do, maybe. do you know why? Do, do you know why she? She said that she thought she only messed up the back of her car. Oh, she didn't she know was she on messed up. On her way up. to the Porsche dealership. Ah, uh, okay. So she didn't know she had done any damage. She didn't know that she. Okay, okay so I look, you guys. My fifteen hundred pound gate is like, the, it's disconnected completely from the column. Okay, um, so that's shot. The light is on its side and completely dented the iron part of it. You keep looking at Brielle because you think she's going to get mad that I'm telling the story. No, but I, I. But I, as you said that, I was thinking. Well, she's. I saw her spin around in the driveway after I watched the camera and. She had to drive right by, by it. it. So she so she so she nailed. She backed straight into it, you guys. Okay, instead of like she, yeah, going she, up the driveway, yeah. she took half of the column out. So then, my makeup artist had gone up there and was like, "Hey, uh, you know, just go ahead and tell Mister Beerman or whatever. Just don't worry about. It. I can wait a couple minutes." And so Janelle kind of went back to her car to like you know wait, and Brielle's friend circles her car around our entire circle driveway. She passes four cars on the in the driveway and kind of goes and just drives right out. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? So she comes back and she's very apologetic. Oh my God. I had no idea. I'll take care of it. No problem. Right. Blah, 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 blah. So now all the parents are showing up and the lights hanging on its side. The gate is no longer attached. The, the woody stone concrete column yeah. is completely broken and shifted on like the whole, the first yeah. maybe two or three feet of it is completely turned on its side. There's, red light like the back of her lights the covers are all on the ground shattered and i'm sorry you guys hey come on and welcome to my home welcome to my home so i was like oh my god so i was a little bit stressed out and i I think i went out there like four more times that night just to really process it and i said to Corey, like could you could you just disconnect the light or something because it's like laying on its side and looks ridiculous as everybody kind of drives by so our gate's screwed up and we're gonna have to have this whole thing fixed and that's kind of what we dealt with on saturday um which is just wonderful. Also, you guys, so I got a text message from a friend of mine, and on a side note, and um, I'm not going to say her name for obvious reasons, but she said, so here's a shocker. I'm in rehab for 40 days. Super, super duper shocked by this, you guys. My friends all know that at any point and at any time they can be honest, tell me anything. I don't judge anyone. Um, but she said, I wanted to let you know there's a group of women here who are in awe of you. They follow your podcast and find you so inspirational, as I always have expressed. I have always envied your drive, Kim. Every time I would leave you, I would just feel like I could conquer the world. You definitely have this effect on people, and I can confirm that this is true. I love oh, you. Wow. So a shout out to you guys and all the women that are bettering themselves and getting themselves healthy. Um, I'm thinking of you, girlfriend, and sending you lots of prayers. We believe in you, too. Yeah, we, we believe know you guys in can you. do it and, and, yep. and stick to what you're doing and, and really take care of yourself. You know, I think a lot of times uh, when people kind of fall into that trap, 
they they weren't doing a very good job of self care. I was know? just going to say self care is a big thing. I worked rehab and hospice and and um, in my career, and I found a lot of it is dealing with the something that has gone on um, that you just kind of wanted to mask the pain right. of. So Didn't I think process. the positive side of rehab for most people, and if not everyone, is to kind of figure out what that is, deal with the emotional aspect of things, and. Um, and I'm sending you guys, all of you guys in North Carolina, lots of love. So anyhow, you guys, aside from that, I met a guy, Chris Tuff, on an airplane with my dentist, Dr. Peter Bolden, who owns Atlanta Dental Spa here in Atlanta, on the way to Turks with Croy. Croy and I were supposed to take like a 1230 flight out that day, and I wanted to get there a little bit earlier, so we ended up switching our flight to like the 830 or 9 a.m. flight, and so I'm thankful we did. I sat next to Chris while well, he was kind of in the... There was an aisle between us, but right. um, and then Croy was towards the window, and, and Doctor Bolden was the window. So it was basically Chris and I next to each other, and we just got to talking. Super nice guy. He told me about his book, The Millennial Whisperer. He talked about just you know um, positive thinking and positive thought process, and and we um, and we just kind of hit it off. So I said, hey, you know, when we get back in Atlanta, first, I want your book because it sounds really great. Um, And second, when you get back in Atlanta, we'll have to meet up or whatever. And I said how I've had an offer to write a book. I've had a couple of them. And I just feel like it's not necessarily a perfect fit. Something seems weird to me, whether they're asking for too much money or I don't jive with whatever. I've, in fact, written a book um, 10 years ago. And... um, we never ended up publishing it. It's still just sitting here and it would need much updating to do so. So I just had baby after baby and got busy. But anyways, um, so he got back from Turks. We've kind of been busy. Um, on Friday, I went down to 22 squared, um, where he works Mm -hmm. and we had just a meeting with, um, the guy that kind of wrote his book and, and a couple other people just really, just a really good guy, like loves to help people, has a lot of great connections. Yeah. Positive. When I walked in, you guys, it said, welcome, Kim Zolciak. First of all, you know, I don't do elevators, right? So his like real nice office is on the 15th floor. And I was like, just, you know what? Let's just go in a cubby because, and this office was, was great. It was on the second floor. First, he met us in the lobby, which I thought was amazing. Took us up the stairs, walked in, welcome, Kim Zolciak. He didn't know that Croy was coming. Sat down. They had solo cups, Farniente one of my favorite wines, um, sitting there. And we just sat there and talked for, for hours. Right Now, one of his friends said something that hit a chord with Croy and I, and Croy actually told KJ this yesterday, last night, I I guess he was a lawyer. Uh, he does a lot of things, but anyways, he helped Chris with his book. He retired his, his, uh, law degree or however you want to say it. Yeah. His license, his law license, uh, because he, he, he found, he found his, his, purpose and and he wanted to follow his passion and that was writing and and uh so he long story short he wrote a book with the uh goal in mind to be able to help other people write books wrote the book uh got it in the hands of a publisher the publisher's like oh my gosh this is amazing love this book uh we want sequels and he's like thanks but no thanks i don't want to write sequels i don't want to write my own stuff i want to help other people write and kind of format people's books in this format. And they're like, that's fantastic. Here you go. And they started sending him just client after client after client to help them format a book the right way so that you can understand it and, and pull from it and really achieve something from actually reading that book. He found his purpose and his passion. Uh, 
And so you can really tell, and I wanted to say you can really tell in that meeting when you're with people that, that are really pursuing their pap- passion and purpose, things just really flow. You know, they're, they're, they're happy when you walk in, they're excited, mm-hmm. they have uh, creativity flowing, they have energy flowing. Uh, there's, there's just a lot of positive things that, that, that take place when you're around people that are really uh, purpose and, and passion driven. And so he, he does a lot of different things. He does a, he has a podcast with his kids. Um, we're going to have him on the podcast cause he's very, very funny. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> and so he was talking about kind of all the different aspects that he's got going on in his life. And, and he, he, uh, last year we were talking about the kids in sports and last year he was coaching his son's basketball team. And he says, look, I, I really had no idea about, about basketball. They call me coach YouTube. Uh, because, <laughs> because before, before practice would start, I would just, I would literally YouTube, uh, basketball drills and that's what we would do for practice. And so he said, but what I really, really focused on and what I really wanted the kids to pull from this was, was the one thing. And, and, and I kind of titled it their hustle muscles. And, and so they were in a long, you know, kind of another long story short, they were in a game, they were down some points. The kids kind of came over at halftime and they were discouraged. And, and he says, look guys, you know, uh, you know, don't worry about the score. I don't care what the score is. I don't care about your foot placement or, or your, as long as just get to the right position and don't worry whether you make the shot, you pass the ball wrong. They intercept. Don't worry about any of that. The only thing I want you to focus on is being in, just get in your spot and work on your hustle muscles and we'll see where we're at at the end of the game. And, so the kids at the time knew what it was because he had been coaching their hustle muscles. And I thought it was so cool because we were talking to KJ about his grades and he got his progress report and he's he doing had, so good. Yeah, he's he had so a meeting sweet. with his teacher. They had one-on-one meetings and, and he was, he had to fill out kind of a self-reflection sheet and, and where Which he I wanted to improve. Was so cute. Yep. And then she, uh, had a discussion with him about where she, about his self-reflection and then what she thought he was doing really good at. And Mind where, you, he's eight years old folks. Yeah. And then where he could attack some, some more goals and get better at, at a couple of things that he wanted to get better at. And so we were having this discussion and I said, you know, um, one of his goals has kind of always been, you know, KJ loves to be successful and he wants, he, he knows what a measure of success is and that's either winning or good grades or being done first. Right. So he really takes whatever he's in and sees he's that extremely measure. competitive. Yep. And so he, and he's also very gifted at just about anything like Croy, you guys. Um, so it's like a, a God given talent. So all the things that he does, baseball, he does well, you know, football, he plays well with his friends, grades or A's of course. And you know, whatever his behavior is always on point. Yep. He's very, um, uh, driven due to competition like his mother. Right. And so, and so I was saying, you know, and so, it, but it, it, through this conversation, uh, Nick popped out into my mind. That's the gentleman who um, I'm talking about and, and his hustle muscle and what he was talking about. And I said to KJ, I said, KJ, I love all your goals. And I said, kind of one thing I think that's going to really help you achieve your goals. And, and what we've, what we've kind of talked about and, and I was sitting in a meeting and I learned something new just, just today or just the other day was your hustle muscles. And I said, you know what that is? And he's like, nope. And I was like, do you want to take a guess? And he's like, hmm, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I said, okay, well, I said, your hustle muscle is, is two things. What's in here? And I pointed at my chest and my heart and I said, what's in here? And I pointed at my head and your, your thoughts. And I said, 
those two things together, how much heart and how much drive and just that, that never stop attitude comes from your heart and just, just giving it your all. And then your thought process of positivity and just saying, I can do it. I can win. I can challenge myself. I can, you know, all those positive things and, and no self doubt and no self, you know, no negative self talk. Uh, we, those two hustle muscles are going to let's focus on those two things. Whenever you're, uh, you know, presented with a task, whether it's math, reading, uh, a science project, the playground, your friends, interactions with your friends, whatever it is, just focus on your hustle muscle, give it your all with a smile and always have positive self-talk. And, uh, I think it resonated with him. What do you think? No, I definitely think it did. And he starts to kind of like, you lose him after about five minutes, you know, so he's kind of like tired and, and he's also a little shy. So when we were talking about kind of what he could improve on or what he thought he could improve on and stuff, he kind of wasn't really listening and not really, he was listening. I shouldn't say that, but he was kind of like, all right, dad and mom, like, okay. And when you said the hustle muscle, you could see like the light turn on and he's like, huh? So I thought that was really cool, you guys. And I think it's something, you know, I talk baseball a lot. The kids aren't doing it this fall. I know how much you all miss it. Um, But hustle muscle is something that I think all of our kids should be told. And and really, when you, you know, your brain, your heart are, if you're giving it your all, I mean, that's all you can do. How's your hustle muscle, Brielle, over there? Uh, My millennial child is on the phone. She hasn't even been listening. (laughs) You got a, you got a good hustle. Thank muscle? God we're bringing Chris on in a what second. What is a hustle muscle? <laughs> oh my God! Wow. Well, thank God Chris yeah. Tuff is coming on. Yep. Chris Tuff, you guys wrote the Millennial Whisperer. Um, he, you know, was saying the world's largest generation will make up seventy five percent of the workforce by twenty thirty. That's the millennials, honey. Um, Companies have struggled to tap into their ethic, attitude, productivity, and as a result have failed to properly recruit, retain, and promote millennial employees. The Millennial Whisperer, written by 38-year-old ad executive Chris Tuff, provides practical strategies that are real-world tested and research-based to bridge gaps in communication between millennials and the rest of the workforce. Tuff knows what it takes to succeed in the workplace and manage millennials. He became the youngest to make the partner at the century-old advertising agency 22 Squared. Tuff shares examples from his work managing millennials at 22 Squared and from detailed research. He debunks millennials' myth to show how this generation has been misunderstood and misunderstood managed he replaces these misconceptions with practical actionable and profitable strategy strategies um let's just yeah bring them on hey chris how are you i'm good happy to be talking to you guys yes we are so glad that you are joining us i'm very excited about our meeting on friday so uh that went really well as well I know. I, I just want to. I'm I'm excited to finally hear Brielle's point of view on this whole millennial talk. Well, first of all, I have a question because what makes somebody a millennial? What are the years? So it's 1981 to 1996. So she's actually Gen Z. Brielle, you're Gen Z. Okay, but I, I do not want to classify with those she people. Was, and I was born in February, and I grew up with all my friends who were born in 96, <laughs> so I feel like I'm more of a millennial than I am a Gen Z, because I don't... I don't think I grew up with, like, social media and all that stuff that they're going through now. Right? Yeah, you did. Okay. Yes, well, you, that's you, all you were, you, that's all you were doing. That's how you were able to build such a huge in, following. Not in high school. Like, oh, 100%. Until my senior year, I had Snapchat. How old were you when you got your first Snapchat account? I was 17 or 18. No, you and set that, up my Snapchat and I only had had cash at that point. Oh, no, maybe that was Instagram. That was Instagram. Yeah, Never mind. Was, so how about Instagram? 
Instagram, I made it like freshman year when I was like 14, but no one was really using it. We were just on Facebook, so I didn't yeah. really use it again until like sophomore or junior year. Yeah, you definitely were on Facebook. I know that. Yeah, I was on Facebook when I was like Right, which was social media. I mean, that was social media when social media took off. That was the first big one, Facebook. Yeah. Brielle has hooked up right. everybody in the family on the social media. Like, I have no idea. She gives everybody, like, a five-minute snap but chat Ariana course. But Ariana and her friends, like, the only way they communicate is, like, through Snapchat or social media. And they use it all day, every day. And, like, none of my friends do that. Like, we just call each other. Right. <laughs> like... Right. Okay, Chris. So tell me how the Millennial Whisper came about. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think, Kim, you and I have a lot of mutual friends, and some of those people were on uh, on a retreat in North Georgia. Um, and, uh, that you know, I, I had my whole – I grew up in the social media space, and my whole role has been, uh, you know, from 2003 on is uh, my role at – the ad agency that I'm a partner at 22 squared, it was um, really around that. And it wasn't until three years ago that I had really shifted my own, um, everything that I was doing that came with kind of shifting my own metric of success, um, which went from beating my brothers in the game of life to uh, really how do I actually have an impact in the world and it should be judged on a daily basis versus a yearly or quarterly basis. And, you know, with that, I moved from being more of a, a leader that was kind of, you know, a tip of the arrow for the agency to actually be more being more of like a coach and servant leader. And uh, it was about seven months into that, that I was on this retreat in North Georgia, average age of the kind of uh, guys, there were 14 guys on the retreat, average age being um, probably about 45. And I introduced myself and I was like, I don't really know what I do anymore at my ad agency, but I'm kind of like the millennial whisperer. And, um, you know, I sit down after kind of sharing my story and some other things, and it was Burt Weiss from The Burt Show uh, and Tommy Breedlove. They're like, uh, like, tell us some of the things that you're doing. Right. And I was like, ah, you know, like, well, you know, one thing is like I have a real relationship with everyone on my team. And, you know, we actually we talk about life. We talk about relationships and I follow them on social media. And these guys were just flabbergasted. And it was Tommy Breedlove who was uh, leading the retreat. And he goes, you better write that book. And uh, two weeks later, I got a call from some of the other guys. And they're like, Chris, we started doing some of the things that you were talking about. And they're making a difference. People are happier. People are staying longer. And then I kind of made it my point. I guess, all right, I got to I got to write this book. And here we are nine months later. We've sold about 50,000 copies. And it was a bestseller and all that. And and I feel like uh, I'm starting to make a difference in the world. And, and uh, you know, that's kind of what we talked about on the plane, which is my whole my whole foundation is about. How do we bring more empathy and more connection to the world? And it shouldn't stop when we come to work. No, I totally agree. Right on. So, so the summary kind of, of, of the millennial whisper is you found a problem in the workforce where, where you would say millennials were, were having a hard time finding jobs, staying at jobs, finding happiness at jobs. And these, these kind of old school CEOs per se, or, or people that were not millennials before millennials were having a hard time relating to them. And a hundred percent. Okay. And then you have found some, some solutions that, that bridge that gap. How did you find the exactly. solutions? Did you right. just from working with the people you were working with and you just yeah. kind of saw. So I reached out to my favorite professor at Vanderbilt and I looked at this, I looked at the statistics first and he was able to help me call down all of the different um, surveys that have gone out. And then 
I took that survey data and, and layered on top real stories of real examples. Our friend Peter Bolden, who owns a, uh, Atlanta Dental Spa, uh, being one of those examples in the book. And, you know, if you break it down in Brielle, I think this is where you'll vibe. What it's not, it's not that millennials are looking for different things out of their leaders than really Gen Xers and, and boomers. And if you look at some of those things, the first thing they want out of a leader is inspirational leadership. And the unfortunate side of most leaders think they're inspirational, but they're not inspirational. And then you get into some, you know, the other top four traits that they're looking for is autonomy, uh, transparency, and, and purpose. And if you look at a, the way that a lot of our corporations, small business, medium business, or even some of the large Fortune 500, they don't run that way. And so there's this huge deficit, and I think this miscommunication that's happening. And the, the bad news for business leaders is that for the first time ever, this generation will walk unless we start making changes. This is the first generation we've had, uh, especially younger millennials and now going into Gen Z, that they will leave your job if you don't start meeting them on their own turf for some of these things. And some of those things like work flexibility, and, and we can talk more about some of those issues, but, you know, uh, there's this massive disparity that's happening. And my favorite quotes in publishing the book is millennials aren't the problem. They just expose all the problems. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very factual right there. See, Brielle, you and I would get along. Have you tried Good American yet? The 20% off offer is only available for another couple weeks. It's really the perfect time to stock up on your fall items, including denim, jackets, and more. This past weekend, I wore the runway dress from Good American, which is a little black dress with some cutout on the sides. It's super sexy, yet still comfortable. It's the same with all their pieces, especially their jeans. You guys know I've raved about them before. If you haven't heard of Good American, it's the size-inclusive brand from my girl, Khloe Kardashian. They have the most amazing dresses, jeans, Activewear and everything in between. I just love that they make everything in sizes extra small to 4X and it looks great on everyone. My girlfriend, who's a size 18, can wear Good American and so can my daughter and she's a size 2 and they both look great. Good American is all about body positivity and that's what I love most about them. So go to goodamerican.com forward slash Kimsey and get 20% off your full order sale items and all. The discount will be applied at checkout. That's goodamerican.com forward slash Kimsey. You guys, let me know what you think. We what talked a lot about you, Brielle, um, on Friday in our meeting and oh, just great. what, what you a joy say? you are, sweetie, because you are a joy, but you're, you know, um, I mean, he describes you perfectly in the book, like just to a T. Well, and I started to cut you Go off ahead. there and I, and I, I'm very, uh, I don't know if I should say sad or disappointed, but I am, according to your dates, a millennial. Yeah. Brielle says you're a millennial, yep. you're a millennial, yep. Croy, so shut up. And, and I was, so we were saving this. We and, didn't, I didn't let it. Yes. We, yeah. And I, and I'm on the border of the beginning border of it, but, but no, you're I not. Think, you're 1985, you're so dude. Like, what are you talking 80, about? I'm three, well, four, four years away from the beginning. you're almost 86 because you're born so late. In I'm the year, three so. years away. I'm 78. So, but what I'm going to say, and, and I wonder if, you, have you, if you've maybe looked at this factor, is so demographically, I grew up in a very uh, isolated part of the country, I would say. I wasn't part sure. of a big city. I was like small 2,000 people. Right. Small town, uh, hardworking town, blue collar town. And so I wasn't necessarily exposed to the the world as as some of these uh, kids that grew up in bigger cities. So so even though I'm a millennial, I don't feel like I have the mentality of a, a millennial or the philosophy of them just because I, I, I didn't have social media. You know, I I, right. I, I didn't have cable TV. I, I went totally. and I had chores and I and I went to work and my parents had a different different philosophy per se on on 
life and what I was able to have access to than what other kids uh, maybe did. So does, yep. does, do you find that uh, maybe a factor as well? Absolutely. Well, so uh, you'll, um, when you start reading my book, uh, The Millennial Whisper, you, you start to see that out of the gates, we're talking about two very different generations, younger millennials and older millennials. Bert and I, kid, that we call them um, Snapchat millennials, younger millennials, because they were given a Snapchat phone at age 13. You know, an iPhone with a Snapchat account on it. Right. And then uh, you've got older millennials that actually had beepers in college. Or to your point. I had a beeper. I had a beeper. Right. Totally. Right. right? Before college. So and so what really makes these two different generations are two main factors. One, when technology was introduced to their lives. Right. So once again, we talked about that. And then the second one being when the recession either hit them or their parents. So older older millennials, we remember, you know, we were actually either trying to find a job or we're about to graduate. So it forced us to actually be more entrepreneurial, whereas younger millennials saw their parents lose their jobs and therefore actually looking for a place to hang their hat. And so, you know, I think if you look at some of those, those kind of two key pieces and you look at where, how you grew up, Croy, like that will have a massive influence on, on how you communicate. And, you know, some of the, I think one of my main uh, focuses that I like to talk about with this book is it's a give and take relationship. There are certain things that we can learn from older millennials, younger millennials and Gen Z. And there are certain things that they can learn from us. And you look at the role of technology and the role of social media. I call it the Pinterest station of a generation, Croy, right? It's this, and you see it on the first day of school, right? Where everyone's got that perfect picture of Abigail's yeah. first, first day of first grade. And right. it's exhausting. Yeah. And what it creates is this That is hysterical because I don't do that. <laughs> and I, and I actually like, I'm jealous when I see these people that have these perfect signs and it's like, you know, first day of kindergarten, they're all holding signs and shit. I'm like, hurry up, get in the, get in the friggin' front of the front totally. door. Let's go. I'm in my bathroom. I'm like, hurry up, take the picture. We got to go. We got to go. Right. You know, like, but I, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. Well, one of the things, Kim, I, in the book, I, in the book, I talk about one of my most embarrassing stories and anyone that joins my team, I tell them in their first couple of days, I'm like, listen, I know what you're up against. Okay. And I call it my river runs through it story. And my River Run Stewart story was when I was out in Sun Valley, Idaho. I don't know if you've ever been in Sun Valley. Beautiful. It right? is, yeah, Picturesque. Very so I was there for a wedding, and I hired a fishing guide. And I turned to the fishing guide, and I said, listen, buddy, I, I, I'm paying you 600 bucks, and I want two shots for my Instagram account. I want one of the <laughs> trout. I want one in the trout, like the trout in, in, in the net. And then I want one of, like, me and Brad. Like, I want to be like Brad Pitt in River Run Stewart with a video of me kind of just pretending i don't care if i catch a fish or not this guy turns to me he's like what the hell are you doing spending 600 dollars on the instagram post and my response was it's actually 300 dollars each let's go and that's an embarrassing story oh my god i can but relate so many of uh, like that's this idea and it then goes into all right listen your job is also not going to be perfect any of your friends that say or show that they have the perfect life with this perfect job. They're full of crap. Yep. And I introduce them to my 70-30 rule. My 70-30 rule is let's take your job description and we're going to figure out what's in your 70% zone of excellence, zone of passion, zone of gets you fired up. And then let's figure out what's in your 30% zone of suck. Meaning that anytime that you do those things, that you might have two days. For me, it's anything in an Excel document. And you know, when I go through the Excel days, I'm like, well, you know what? I'm just powering through until I get to my 70%. And so, you know, I think that's a big element of this give and take of 
this kind of what's happening all around us, but yet we haven't adapted within our companies and nor have we adapted our mindsets. Right. No, that's, that's fantastic. So would you say that, that, so, you know, kind of a big, big part of this process for, for somebody who's leading in a company, uh, a millennial is trying to help them understand maybe realistic expectations outside of the world that they think is, is real in, in social media, because we've talked about this before on our podcast and, and, and like you just said, you know, People, people's highlight reels are on Instagram, and so they yep. compare their life to these highlight reels, and they're like, well, why am, why am I not on private jets, or why am I not in these fancy totally. restaurants? Or, and so when they walk in, and they're like, their, their miserable little 30% maybe gets bigger? Is that, is yes. that the case? Yeah. Because they, well, no, but nobody's posting. I tell my girls this, too, a lot, that nobody's posting a horrible picture. Like, we take a 1,000 right. to get that good one. There's even been totally. celebrities in the past that were in um, – coach seats i think it was bow wow or somebody but posted a private jet him post going on a private jet or a picture of a private jet implying that but then he got caught or whatever and that was an example i used with the kids as well saying that like we're everybody's only posting kind of their best life or their best picture and brielle speaking about social media you know i get chanel bags i love chanel bags like my whole life this is nothing new and i'll get them and i'll get them before anybody else just because I've had a long-term relationship with Chanel and she's like you gotta post it and she'll start posting it I'm like give me my shit back that's not yours (laughs) give me my bag back lately I've been on a wave of like I don't want to post anything like that well I just started I got a purse yesterday and I said yeah I'm gonna post it I'm gonna post it I just and I did but it's kind of funny where I don't even think like that where in Brielle I mean but you would you say Brielle that you're consciously thinking about like what should I be posting or what what's my flow gonna be what I will week, say like, about me is I think that like I'm in a sense a little bit different than most of these influencers or people on social media because I really don't care. I'm not thinking like I post like well, you're not going to post fun. a picture I of guess, you. But I'm saying snap stories, for example, I'm not people like like my friend Ty, right? He's trying to build this amazing, huge brand. So every photo he posts, right. he's making with these filters. He's like getting... The he right has Ty French angles. presets, which are like a thing that you, you know, you send your, you, you buy right. and then you put your picture, you, you know, what do you send it? Whatever. I don't know if you even have to send it to him anymore. I think you just buy the presets and can do it yourself and you put yeah. this automatic filter. Your hair looks white blonde. Your teeth are white <laughs> as hell. Your orange is shit. But like me, it's, it's bananas. Yeah, yeah. But me over here, like yesterday, for example, I literally just took a picture of pizza that I already bit into and just posted it and was like, beauty Who gives bliss. a fuck about yes, you biting most, into a piece of pizza? Nobody would do that. Nobody, everybody else would sit there and they would put their pizza like in a perfect angle so that way they could see everything. Like Zach was walking in Croy's jersey yesterday and I took the photo of him walking. I didn't like have him pose. Like I She will text me, Chris, she will text me and say, what? the picture of that ice cream sundae is hideous. It's blurry. Remove it. Well, I think it just uh, totally. comes easy to me also. Like, it's just easy. For You're me. a very good photographer. Well, and I, But I think you're bringing up, Brielle, I think we're coming back the other side. I really do. I mean, I think that this kind of, like, pursuit of perfection or whatever you want to call it is starting. We're coming back, like, this move to mindfulness. This I actually bring a mindfulness instructor in for my team to, st- to actually, you know, really start, I think, strengthening these muscles that we don't naturally have. I mean, and you think about... Like first flirtations, I use an example, and the role of technology. I I mean, you, and I mean, Kim, it was similar for you, Croy, I'm sure it was the same with you. Like, in order to have a first flirt with a girl, you had to get through like nine layers of parents, 
through the phone. You had to call up a, a house. Oh, and yeah. then you'd finally get through and like, you know, and, and then you'd actually get to hang out with the person and, and in person and, and you'd have that kind of conversation. And that creates this muscle that you compare it to especially Gen Zers. Like that's not necessarily happening. Their first flirtations are happening really via like Snapchat or their phone. And so there are certain things that I feel like uh, we have to help bring um, into, well, especially our workplace where, like, I have a rule where you're, if you're in the same building as someone, you got to walk up out of your seat. You're not allowed to text them. You're not allowed to IM them. You're not allowed to email them. You get your butt out of your seat and you go talk to them person to person. Cause what <laughs> you amazing. do through that is you actually create this muscle. But you know, where I like to also focus is real. You're going to dig this, which is like, we got to get rid of this hierarchical standard that I think a lot of corporations have. And because as human beings, and I think we can all attest to this. Deep down, we all just want to be accepted and loved. And for the way our corporations have been brought, you know, kind of created is, is without, without that in mind. And it's why I tell every leader, you should be following your people on social media. So when you come in on a Monday, you can say, Brielle, that pizza you looked, looked awesome. Where'd you order it? Right. Or whatever it is, you, you create a real connection and a real vested interest in their lives, which is what they're looking for versus, you know, being the bossy boss. So I like to focus in on all those areas too, that really millennials and Gen Z are the catalyst to the change that's needed within our organization. Hey, moms and dads, are you looking for the perfect gift for back to school? Check out Happy Cards, the perfect gift card for everyone on your list. Happy Cards makes giving personal gift cards easy and stress-free by helping you give the gift of choice. Happy Cards contains no fee, no stress, and they never expire, making it the perfect gift that anyone will love. When you give Happy Cards, the recipient one can use them at any of the brands displayed on the card. Here are some of our favorite back to school. Happy Bite is perfect for your favorite teacher or coach, which features Panera Bread, Jamba Juice, Noodles and Company, Pete's Coffee, and Burger King. Stock up for those last-minute birthday party invites with Happy Kid, which features Rainforest Cafe, Jamba Juice, Bye Bye Baby, Regal Cinemas, and Jimboree. Get your teenager excited for back-to-school shopping with Happy Student, which features Dell, Bed Bath & Beyond, Burger King, and so many more. Or treat yourself after a long, busy summer with Happy Her or Happy Guy. Happy Her features a Cheesecake Factory, Macy's, Sephora, and Spa Finder, to name just a few. And Happy Guy features Home Depot, Buffalo Wild Wings, AutoZone, McCormick's & Smicks, and so much more. This really is the perfect gift for everyone. For a limited time only, please enjoy free shipping on all Happy Card orders by visiting www.giftcards.com forward slash happy or pick up one today at your local grocery store. Anytime is the right time to make someone happy with Happy Cards. I told you, Brielle, or actually, I don't know if I told you, I think I was telling Ariana when I went to his office on Friday, they had like, welcome Kim Zolciak. They had Farniente, my favorite wine, solo cups, because they know I'm a germaphobe. So, I mean, and it, it was just so right. welcoming and thoughtful. I'm all about thoughtfulness, right? Like that's always been kind of a thing for me. Um, I think, I think Brielle and Ariana are both very thoughtful people and considerate, but going that like extra mile and trying to just figure it out versus, you know, like right. as a gift, getting somebody a gift card, you know, my parents were always totally. against that, like totally against right. that. Um, and we do for birthdays for my kids. Um, KJ was just at a birthday party last Saturday and we gave him a gift card because my kids, they don't play, you know, Nintendo. Corey won't allow them to have a cell phone, you know, all of these good things. But other than that, like a lot of, I, you have to put thought into stuff. And I right. think it's, people feel accepted. They feel loved from the very beginning of walking in. Exactly. And, you know, rewards and recognition is one of those key points where, Regardless of the size of your organization, you've got to have something in place to where you're rewarding and recognizing your people. Because, 
you know, you look at what this next generation is a product of. It's it is they they are a product of helicopter parents that were there all the way through. Um, that they, they you know there were kind of participation trophies along the way, and there was social media, and so. How do we actually go a little bit above and beyond for our people and put in a little bit of effort to your point, Kim? There's nothing worse than like the standard five year anniversary gift of giving someone like, uh, you know, a bottle of wine when they don't even like wine. Yeah. Do a little bit of research. Exactly right. What they like. Exactly right. And it'll go much further. So how did millennials get the reputation of just of being disloyal, selfish, lazy, entitled. Oh, my God, oh okay. That's that's really in the first great. place. Kind of how did that... Well, I have a hard time relating to you sometimes. I, I told Chris this on Friday well, that you yeah, have a hard time Troy relating. And I are, well, we also grew up very different, so I think that has a lot to do with it. It doesn't matter right, where, okay. when we were born. I think that you literally had to work for everything. Like, even if you wanted to go... So did I. ...get right. food, but I didn't because you gave me a lot of things. Tread lightly, sweetie. No, I didn't. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. She... I would, if I wanted to go to a movie, I would just be like, hey, can I have... I... Bucks? My parents, Chris, I got my first job yep. at Subway at 14. My mom my mom was a hairdresser. She owned hair salons. I wanted the best shampoo and conditioner, and this woman would not give it to me. So she's sure. like, you go get a job. So I went down to Subway. I said I was 16. It wouldn't work nowadays. I started working at Subway. I worked at Dunkin'. I worked at every fast food chain known to man. I got fired from most for giving well, my friends free food. Right there, one second. Did mm-hmm. you have any other options? Could you? Did you see? So here's the big thing. Like you and I, and I had the same thing because of where I grew up. There wasn't any other option for us to make money. We had to get a part-time job, right. a classic part-time yep. job. Whereas I would now, shovel driveways, and I had a newspaper route beforehand. And I will chalk it up to my parents this: right. that they literally. I am who I am. I have the drive that I have and the work ethic that I have because my parents made me, even though they could afford it, made me work for everything. Every Sunday morning, I was up at 4.30 delivering the Hartford Current. Okay, but I don't yep. think I don't have work ethic. I think I well, just haven't found so then, well, the Snapchat no. millennial, what I want to say is the Snapchat millennial has this easy, easy avenue to find some followers, right? You make a viral video or you make a viral post or you do something silly and all of a sudden you have 5, 10, 15, 50,000 followers and you can start making money by just making a five second post i think aside from that because my parents made me work for everything when i had braille i used to just get so pissed at my parents and you know I'm mad about it and angry. And so when I had Brielle, it's like, I'm not, I'm not doing that shit. Right. I'm going to do everything for her. I mean, I think I wiped her ass till she was like 11. Oh my God, mom, let's <laughs> relax. It's, let's not <laughs> I don't know, Chris, Chris, help us. Like, but, what, but, okay. So here's the think? thing, Croy, it's not, here's what's so interesting is as leaders, especially within corporations, we ask ourselves why in the world are, can, can, can this person, let's just say it's a 23 year old that was just hired, not do X, X and X. And the reality is, in a lot of those cases, it was they're a product of the snowplow parenting or the helicopter parenting, where not only their lives have been ridiculous, exhausting, where they went from school to some sort of tutor to some sort of coaching session to practice to bilingual Cantonese to SATs right. to when they're finally going to bed. And then that was all in a rat race to get into the right school. And then right. once they were in the right school, they had to do the extracurriculars. And then on the on the summers, they had to get the right thing for the resume and blah, blah, blah. Right. And we ask ourselves, why are they not more prepared for the world when they show up on our doorstep? And the place that I think that we can usually point is actually to ourselves. And one of the big things that I run into, and it's interesting, and you know, we talked about this, Kim and Croy, on Friday. But when you say, when you put things into context like work flexibility, 
right? Like some of these key issues for this generation where I think they're in the right, where it's like, uh, do you think that on Fridays people should be sitting in traffic for three hours in Atlanta or actually doing work at a coffee shop or their house? Right. And if you say in the context of their millennial child, they'll say, absolutely, yeah, I mean, they should have work flexibility. But when you actually say for their employees, they still have this mentality of, well, I had to do it this way. Why don't they? Croy's famous line in my house is, I had to do it this way. I'm like, Corey, relax, man. Like, she's she's (laughs) making so much money. And she's he's like, well, I had to do it different. And and so when I opened your book. Adapt to my this new generation it's not I, I feel like and start we're cutting Chris I'm not off, taking but, sides I'm right. not taking sides <laughs> right. no no I hear you and, 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 here but for I example think- Nate okay you guys know Nate he just quit his corporate job where he was making so much money. This right. is his first job ever. And right. I, he told me today, he's he put in his two weeks today, and he's going to work at Apple. Right. I'm like, what do you mean you're working at Apple? You're going to make more money at Apple? Like, And he's telling me how it's just the hours are different better. Culture. It's like a total right. different vibe. He was so sick and tired right. of sitting in his office and doing whatever. I don't even know what he did. Like, I can't understand what these corporate jobs are. Like, I don't even know what Colin, like, what my best friends do because it's just like I... Well, I, to my defense, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna defend myself because I have to here because sure. you guys are coming at me, <laughs> mom and Brielle. No. no, I'm just kidding. But so, but I do genuinely feel like I have an open mind for for Brielle and our kids, and I understand some of their their issues. And and like you say, uh, you know, we can point the finger at ourselves for for the reasons why they are kind of the way they are. But what I don't understand about Brielle is is kind of this this uh, i wouldn't necessarily call it complacency but but it's it's a uh, you know sometimes i'm like you think well, why she don't you lacks drive why don't you always do more like like so just go above and beyond your post right just so you finish your post in 30 minutes doesn't mean you go out to lunch and then and then hit the clubs that day like you still have like 10 hours left in the day like what else can you do maybe well why would she when she's doing so great doing the 30 McCroy and i this is a big conversation when you sent us the book i opened it to a random page as that's like notor- i'm notorious for that and i was yeah. crying laughing because you described Brielle to an absolute T and I just was opening and I'm like, Corey, read this. Corey, read. he's like, all right, all right. Because it's literally my life between Corey and Brielle. I want my kids, I look at it as giving Brielle a better life, right? Like yeah. I had to work for everything. So I vowed like I'm going to work my butt off. So my kids are, you know. Yeah, see, this is what I'm saying. Like I just, I feel like sometimes I'm like, dude, why don't you just want me to live my best life? Like, Well, I do want do you to live your best life to... in my opinion. And I cut you off, sorry. But my opinion of your best life is like, let's expand and let's get really really big but i think maybe in what i've seen chris and you can maybe comment on this and help us out here is is i see kind of millennials and and they they want this instant gratification and they want to be the next huge uh you know social media star or the next jeff bezos or the next you know mark zuckerberger they want to start some app company and just in 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 you know two years you know be making a hundred million dollar company and not be you know, doing what traditionally was done, you know, how do you, how do you kind of help a, help a millennial understand that, you, you know, you may not necessarily be that one today or ever without, you know, being mean about it. And then how do you like, again, motivate them to want to expand and, and, and grow and, and grow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and Brielle, you probably have comments on this as well. But one of the big <laughs> things that I talk about is it's no longer work-life balance. It's work-life integration. And, you know, as a generation, kind of as they stand, we're so used to there being distinct lines between work and play 
And those went out the window with the cell phone, with the smartphone, right? right? And so we've got to be looking more at work-life integration. And I think some of the things that you probably see in Brielle is a bit of that. I mean, and she she is an anomaly, first of all, right? She's not your, she's a massive influencer that has a big business behind her, that um, her work and life is actually truly integrated where um so i think that's i think a key piece but in terms of the drive piece you know i I do feel we don't talk nearly enough about purpose right and um you know one thing that not only is it important and corporations have got to be standing for something bigger than just profits and their shareholders right um, both small business and large business and uh you know i love what you know uh Peter Bolden's a good example on the small business side with his ADS cares where they'll actually, they will give money to charities every single month. If everyone hits their goal, they're not giving away a bunch of bonuses to the employees. They're giving something away to what everyone else will call out as a charity of their choice. But, you know, I think we need to take purpose to the next level, which is looking within ourselves. And I worked with everyone on my team to actually, discover what their individual purpose statements are Uh and so what we then do is we say okay well so mine is to inspire and connect everything i do gets put through that filter am i doing am i actually living this purposeful life within the the parameters of to inspire and connect um and one thing that okay brielle is an anomaly but one thing i uh will say to a lot of corporate leaders is you've got to give your employees 20% 20% of their time to pursue their, to pursue their side hustles, to actually scratch that itch for their side passions. And if you look at the companies that are the most innovative in the world, Google and Facebook, they have, they have actual plans in place. Uh, Facebook calls it their fuel program and Google, they call it their 20% rule where some of their most innovative products have come out of that, uh, those passion right. projects. Right. And so, and that's where I, I love, I mean, people will ask me, well, how's your book different? Well, it's pretty, I try to offer up immediate solutions that we can put into place that will alleviate some of these big issues. And one of those is, I think, scratching that inner, like that inner drive and passion and purpose that's within each one of us. And I think we actually have a generation, especially as we look at Gen Z, and I think Brielle's probably a good example of this, where you're actually pursuing your passions, right? You're actually, you're, 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 you're going after those things. Whereas we don't necessarily as Gen Xers and boomers uh, equate our jobs in line with that, with that stuff. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. No. And we talk about it uh, just kind of for you know, people here on our, on our podcast about self care and things like that. And we, we've always talked about, finding your purpose and your passion and following that internal compass inside of you and letting that direct you. And then your bottom lines, whether it be personal or your, your company bottom lines or your, or, you know, the fortune 500 bottom lines, those will improve when, when people are able to, like you said, kind of feel a purpose or passion within their profession. If that makes any sense. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. And you guys, we've given our dogs supplements throughout the years. And just like me, I'm sure you guys have wondered if it's doing any good. Truth is, most ingredients in dog supplements are locked out of the animal system and just get passed through their waste. Veteran Animal Wellness created All In. Why an All In Supplement? 
You may have tried other supplements on the market but gave up because they weren't solving your dog's gut health, bone, or immune issues. Most likely that supplement wasn't even being properly absorbed. All-In is specifically designed to help dogs absorb the nutrients so you know it's working. The technology in All-In was developed by world-renowned scientists and is not found in any other pet supplement. The supplement is backed by eight technology patents. When it comes to dog supplements, more ingredients is actually not better. Other dog supplements do not get absorbed by our dogs and just, like I said, end up in our lawn. Vetresin is offering our listeners 25% off all orders plus free shipping with promo code KIMZ25. Just head to vetresin.com forward slash all hyphen in. So that's V-E-T-E-R-I-C-Y-N.com forward slash all hyphen in forward slash. All in contains the key nutrients your dog needs at their potential stage of life, whether it's puppy, adult, or senior, to promote digestive, cellular, bone, mental, and immune health. We give our dogs the all in tablet daily before all meals. It's easy for him and her to eat, and it's like a treat for them. They absolutely love it. All in is non GMO, gluten free, and lactose free. Learn more about the technology behind All in and get 25% off plus free shipping on your order at Vetricin, V-E-T-E-R-I-C-Y-N dot com forward slash all hyphen in forward slash with code Kim Z 25 and explore Vetricin's comprehensive animal health wellness line for skincare, eye care, and shampoo. We'll be right back with House of Kim. And now back to House of Kim. So when I was reading here, it says, uh, you know, show millennials are not the mark, the next Mark Zuckerberger without having them lose commitment. I'm like, Corey, why would you, you know, th- this is my mind versus Corey's mind basically in the kitchen the other night. And I said, Corey, why would you not want people to think they're the next Mark Zuckerberger <laughs> and, right. and to get them to, you know, work hard or whatever? So, Corey, your answer to that was what? Well, I, you know, I had thought that, you know, if you kind of. And we 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 just been kind of I think talking about that, but but my what I said to Kim was I said well in my opinion if if everybody's always dreaming about being the next Mark Zuckerberger right or I'm going to start the next great app or I'm going to have the next hundred million dollar company or be the next social right. media star you always they to me that means your head's kind of in the clouds right you're always daydreaming and you're not right. focused at the task at hand and so you got to get their heads out of the clouds mm-hmm. and get them focused on the task and and give them kind of. Like you just said, give them the give them the purpose. So so. Well, I think the only reason why I'm asking that, Corey, is because we did disagree yeah. with this one, or not disagree, but I was like, dude, I want everybody in my company, Cashmere. Right, you want to be, you want has, big dreamers. Yeah, I, I we have over 300 employees for my skincare line that we started like three years ago, and and you know I want everybody to know that they can grow, they can have their own skincare line, they can do all these things, and so that's kind of where when I was kind of reading this, um, I just was like, well, why wouldn't you want people? Right. That but, was kind of my I mean, own I thought. Think that a lot of people don't see the other side of the hard work, and Kim, you know this. I mean, I know that people are like oh chris of course you have a bestseller of course i'm like right. nah yeah you know what i've done like right like right. i got a two hundred thousand dollars short-term high interest loan to support this thing because i believed in it right, right. and right. you look at some of the examples fire festival or i mean you can you, right. can you can bring them up all day long but it's i do feel like people think that it's like a snap of the finger yeah and it's all there right and you can right. do it but the truth is, is that it's a lot of ups and downs and all arounds. And there are a lot of lows, but we don't see those. Right. We don't talk about them. And so, you know, I think the truth is, is that people don't feel confident to see through those lows, that they just give up. And it's part of the reason why I say, yes, yeah, support people's side hustle. Because, you know, I actually had someone on my team create a clothing line. And, and the, her purpose was to make, to allow women to feel more confident in their own skin. 
And she turned to me and she goes, I'm thinking about starting a, a, a clothing company on Instagram. What do you think? I'm like, absolutely. It's right in line with your purpose, right along with kind of those passion areas. Let's do it. I'll help you. And so it was about six months later, she turned to me and, you know, some of our partners that we brought in, it was like, this is way too hard, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't want to raise money for this. Like, this is, this isn't mm -hmm. what I thought it was going to be. Right. And I think that is the harsh reality of um, what I think becoming that next Mark Zuckerberg or, I mean, even the next Kim or Croy or Brielle, it's, it's hard. It's it does. It takes a lot of work. I and started on Housewives. It was the very first show filmed out of Georgia ever in 2008, I think, eight, whatever. It might, the pilot might have been seven. Sil yeah, whatever it was. And it was called Ladies of Atlanta. And we made very little money. And we had no idea really what we were doing. We were just being like our authentic selves, basically. And the show went number one. It's still actually number one on Bravo after all these years. And we got... I guess kind of lucky in that sense, but it's only kind of grown. You know, we had a million viewers and two million viewers and three million, but you know, it, I mean this, I've been on Bravo almost 13 years now and it's definitely not been easy. I think people just automatically assume, Oh, it's reality TV. It's easy. Well, you try having 20 crew members in your house every single day and every single thing that you're going through and dealing with and, and sharing. But I mean, I feel like I've definitely put somewhat of my time in for sure, but skincare line, you know, so many people have skincare lines. I have to be honest. I did say to myself, like, I'm so passionate about skincare. You know, I went through all these pregnancies. I was making my own serums on the stove, so I didn't get stretch marks. And that's kind of where it came from. I'm passionate. I own every product, but I gotta be, I was like, well, I mean, I have 25 different brands on my counter right now. What's going to make cashmere different than something else? You totally. know, and so you have to, you know, make an awesome product. I think number one and, and number two, you have to be truly passionate about it um, and and hang in there because it's not going to Brielle. be something overnight. Yes. I want to turn that to Brielle. Okay. So, so tell me what drives you? What, like if you, if you were to be like, what is it that you feel like is driving you in terms of your own passions? See, and how does that translate? See, that's where I like really struggle lately is like, I just don't know. Like I sometimes feel like very like purposeless because I don't know what my passion is yet. Like I haven't found my drive. I haven't found my passion. There's nothing that I wake up for besides like maybe sometimes going to the gym. I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. Let's get this workout in and like get my body right. I'm like motivated for that sometimes. But you know, that, that varies like weekly. I change my mind, but there's nothing yeah. that really like I wake up and I'm like, you know what? I'm really excited to like put forth effort into this yet. Like I haven't found it yet. I want to like, there's some companies that I really want to start that I'm like, that like I would really feel like I would. You love in. makeup. We started cab. I love my makeup company, but that's like not just mine. That's right. like ours. I want like something that's mine, and there's like just mine. And I have this this one company or product, whatever, in mind that I think I would do really great in. And that's kind of where I'm focusing on now. It's just like how to go about it and how to do things like that. But that's really all that. I guess I have a passion. For there's it. a lot of work behind it. There's marketing. There's, you know, there's a lot of things I tell her. It's not just something because you have such a great following. Yeah, it'll do great, you know, and you, but it's got to maintain. Yeah. But what I, what I hear though is, I mean, Croy's whole thing of, oh, you know, Brielle kind of does what she wants. She gets up when she wants. But, you know, if, if you every day you were working towards something that's right in line with what you identify as your purpose and kind of passion, then you would be, probably showing more of those signs you wouldn't give up until you got it done and i think that what we do in life like we don't focus on that enough 
and we, we, we stray away from actually taking the time and doing the work to figure out what's actually our purpose and, and passion. I 100% agree. Before, and you know, you look at like uh, the best thing, my dad was a very successful leader in Atlanta, right? And the best thing he ever did with, for me was nothing, right? I had 64 job interviews before it was lucky 65th that I showed some sign of passion behind digital marketing. And it was through that, that natural selection that I was able to kind of start off in this zone of passion. And right. then I bounced around a bunch. Right. And I think that so many things in our lives, we either want to please our parents or, you know, whatever it is that it gets in the way of those. And, and I will not stop yelling it from the top of the roof, you know, from wherever that life needs to be a ruthless pursuit of passions. And it takes a lot of hard work to actually make that thing, I think, fruitful and lucrative and all that, you know, have the impact we want. But I think that if more people put in the time, Brio, I'll work on you. Uh, I'll work with you on, on a purpose statement. And actually on the book, uh, I forget which page it's on. There's a good just one pager that you can fill out and we can work on figuring out what your purpose is. Because I think that is, it is in there. Um, and I think with more experience, you'll, you'll find it. But we don't do that enough. Little Caesars Large Hot and Ready Extra Most Bestest Pizza with extra cheese and the most pepperoni all at the nation's best price just got way cheesier. And if you're thinking that we stuffed the crust, oh boy, did we stuff the crust. There's three feet of cheese in that crust before cooking. The Extra Most Bestest Stuffed Crust Pepperoni Pizza for only $9. Now there's even more to love about Little Caesars. Come on in and pick it up. Extra Most Bestest Stuffed Crust Pepperoni Pizza today or just order it on their app. Only $9 and only at participating Little Caesars locations. Plus tax were applicable. Claim of extra cheese and most pepperoni all at the nation's best price is based on a comparison of the following pizzas for the top four national pizza chains little caesar's extra most bestest pizza and the other three pizza chains large round standard menu one topping pepperoni pizza sold at everyday menu prices i think she just thinks it's gonna fall in her lap you know one day she's gonna wake up and you know a pair of jeans is gonna fall in her lap and she's gonna start making a line you know like i think she's just kind of waiting for like jesus to touch her on the head and say here you go sweetie which it will happen i tell her like it's okay that you don't know your passion my parents said you want to be famous kim tough shit you have to go to college so i went to nursing school fine i'll go to school always wanting to be famous had no idea how i was gonna get there worked as a nurse down here in georgia and it did fall in my lap so so I think that Brielle, in her mind, but thinks I, that that's I, a possibility as well. You. I wouldn't say that it fell into your lap. You were taking well, action, and it may not have been the right action or an yep. action that that you. She was being herself. I was well, being right. myself but at you, the but gym, you, but like you, an idiot. But you yeah. were taking some sort of action. You were getting up every day. You were going to work. You yeah. were networking. You, you went to the gym. You ran into somebody, and then that somebody ran into somebody else, and yep. that was how it all fell into place. So unless you're taking some sort of action and and you say so you may not even know what a purpose is but you but if you're taking action and she does do Brielle does take action in a sense of, of networking and I and I we talked about this she's awesome yeah we t- I told him how you're, like you'll go out network. to dinner and network with people and I am like no dude not coming right yeah, yeah. well I go because I feel like I have to because like you have to think like how can we both benefit each other what could come of this whether it's a friendship a business ordeal like I literally just go out because of that right I don't go out to like socialize because I'd rather be in my bed. Oh, no, I mean, but, yeah. We know, we yeah. know, sweetie. Um, we know. Yeah, yeah. But I think, Brielle, you, you and Chris can definitely uh, work and talk together. I think that you, I think he's right about spending time on it though, right? Like you go out Fridays and Saturday nights, but like even during the day, like just sit outside or go for a walk or like Croy tells her like, let's figure it out. Let's think, put, invest some time in yourself. But the social media, the constant phone, the constant Snapchats, the Instagram, the DMs uh, are. I think if I didn't have this, um, 
following and how how things have happened for me so far then yeah i definitely probably would be more driven but like why do i need to be driven when i make more money than i would doing something else right now that's well maybe take this opportunity to have all the money that you have and and then also a lot of downtime as well and maybe try to figure that out like what truly makes you tick you're a great photographer and you love real estate those are two things like she this woman she looks at more houses online (laughs) she loves houses like everywhere so like like how can we incorporate that or you know just want to make money I told this to Zach yesterday I just want to make money so I could build my dream house that's it (laughs) on my on the same road as me right um if you want to live on a beach I do sweetie (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things, like, I think, Brielle, you're obviously an anomaly, and you look at where, I mean, and where most of my book focuses is, you know, transparency and autonomy are so, such big things on top of inspirational leadership. And, you know, I think that it all comes down to, like, just a real connection and feeling wanted and accepted. And and we've got to throw out the, the rule book. Because everything's changed, right? And it's, it's we can't point our fingers at millennials. We got to stop using them as a synonym uh, for young and inexperienced. And same with Gen Z, because they're young and inexperienced. So right. instead, let's figure out how do we adapt and kind of meet in the middle. Um, and obviously, I got really fired up talking about it. I could talk about it forever. No, I love oh, it. Yeah. No, I love yeah. it. Your book's phenomenal. Um, I'm going to talk a lot so, about it after so, we hang up here. Yeah, fantastic. So, Chris, your book is on Amazon, right? They can. Uh, Yep, and actually, I haven't told you all this, but we set up a link. Uh, if everyone goes to, or first 5,000 people go to themillennialwhisperer.com, and millennial is a tough word to spell. It's two L's and two N's, um, but themillennialwhisperer.com forward slash Kim, uh, we're going to give away 5,000 uh, free uh, ebooks for that. Oh my so, God, that's so okay, cool. Well, Thank that's you. That's right really now. sweet. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. That's really so, sweet. You got the hard copy downstairs, though. You can, oh, okay, you great. You can read the yeah. hard copy. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll I prefer plenty of copies. <laughs> I prefer to read it on my phone. I'll go that's download amazing. it. amazing. So, yeah. so, so the book, I feel like for you, is kind of, kind of a, uh, you know, your way to shake, shake people's hands. What else? Is there anything else that you want to share with us that you got going on or, or that people can, yeah. can get from you? Uh, and where, where can For they get sure. that? Well, the best way to connect with me, uh, you can connect with me on Instagram at tough22, T-U-F-F-2-2. And then uh, I'm easy to, I'm forward slash Christopher Tough on LinkedIn. And our ad agency is 22squared.com. And, uh, you know, we do a lot of great work for a lot of amazing brands like Publix and uh, the Home Depot. And so, uh, and also I just love meeting people. I right. like, I'm like Brielle where I just thrive connecting with people. So if anyone just wants to connect, here I am. Let's do it. You guys, I will be posting on my Instagram as well the link um, for the ebook and his Instagram and all all that good stuff. So it'll all be on my Instagram today, you guys. um, And I'll keep it up for at least 24 hours, if not 48, because I know I posted a book last week about salt, you guys, and everybody was blowing me up that they didn't get the picture. So I will keep it up there for at least uh, 48 hours. All those links, too. We've already bought our Celtic salt, by the way. Yeah. Uh, did you have you tried it or you just bought it? No, we just bought it. Okay. I don't think it's arrived yet. Uh, oh, okay. Well, definitely let me know what you think because it's pretty life changing. I'm right, telling you. Right. Those links too are also in the uh, podcast description right below you. So uh, just pull that back up and check out those links right there. Thanks, Thanks for Chris, us, Chris, so much for joining right. us. Thank we you. adore you. Have an awesome day, and we'll be in touch soon.
Thank you all. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, guys. We are so excited to tell you about the Daily Popcast with Lance Bass, a daily show that is breaking the major stories in Hollywood. The Daily Popcast takes a journalistic approach to entertainment with unprecedented access to the biggest names in the industry. With the latest headlines, exclusive input, and interviews from the hottest celebrities, this show offers listeners a VIP backstage pass to everything happening in the entertainment industry right now. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the Daily Popcast with Lance Bass. You guys, really um, just amazing. The Millennial Whisper, um, you know, teaches managers, HRs, leaders how to motivate young workers. Um, you know, know why your millennial team members turn tune their bosses out, support the entrepreneurial spirit of millennials and show approval for their side hustle, build a corporate culture in which millennials can actually thrive, identify, train and empower leaders to get the most out of millennials at their companies, establish effective reward systems at lower costs than existing ones, design career track options that motivate millennials and keep top performers from leaving. So this book, you guys, you know, is is really incredible. It's even incredible. It doesn't you don't even have to be, you know, a manager or leader or what you could be a parent I think right. it, reading oh, it as a say. as you know a parent um, will really help you understand. help you understand kind of your millennial right. and I know just in my house with croy you know i'm I'm the mom that you know never wants them to cry and always you know yeah you can have that cookie even though I know it's bad for them I just love them so much and I know a lot of moms can relate and croy's the no parent I'm the yes parent we've talked about this in the past but with croy I get my I am who I am because my parents made me work incredibly hard for everything. And I, and I almost hated them for that. And I'm thankful today for that. But I vowed I wouldn't do that to my kids. Well, I didn't. And so I, I often see Brielle's lack of drive or what have you, I think, from some of my parenting. So, so you, she just admitted she, you created a Snapchat millennial. Yeah, thanks. Great mom. It's cool. It's cool. But you were doing social media. What I wanted to say is Brielle was doing social media before it ever was a thing. Right. She set up my Twitter back in the day. She did all my stuff. Like I had no idea really how to do it. Um, but so Croy, what I was going to, where I was going with this was like, you know, Croy's like, Brielle's like, all right, I'm going to lunch. You know, I, I just did a commercial for, you know, Fab Fit Fun or whatever. Right. And Croy's like, well, wait a minute. Like you could, you could just write that paper that you needed to write or whatever. And you wanted to just maybe talk about this clothing line you wanted to do or whatever it is. And she's like, no, man, I'm out. See you later. Really tough morning, three hours. See you later. And Croy's like, what the fuck? Like, what is wrong with her? And I'm just like, a little break. <laughs> just a little break. So I, but the book, I just opened to like random pages in the book and we were, Corey and I were reading it and it's so eye opening um, to actually read it. It is like, I laughed here because um, he says entitled avocado, avocado, toast eating, ping pong playing, craft beer drinking, Game of Thrones watching, unprepared, pessimistic slackers who are overly reliant on their helicopter parents. Millennials, right? Ass tough, wrong. Right. But, that is kind See, of funny. You hear that, Croy? Wrong. I've never. No, no. And again, like I've said, I, I don't. I don't think that uh, the millennial approach is necessarily wrong. I just. I could see, and, I, and I'll tell you this, and I, and I think I've talked about this already too uh, on on the podcast. Where in the NFL, when I first came in, it was it was a different culture. Uh, a because we had a different collective bargaining agreement, so so things were tougher when I first got in, and then and then I got to I got to play under that collective bargaining, and then I got to play under the new collective bargaining where things became a little bit uh, I would say easier. Uh, practice times were cut back, the amount of you couldn't do two a days anymore. Uh, it you could see a shift in culture, and so 
as I as I continued to play through my years, and you kept seeing new rookies come in and, and newer rookies come in, and I and, and you could see kind of just a change in their in their attitude and their mentality, right? Uh, and kind of this, you know, some of them came in pretty entitled, where where that was like, you know, this is a privilege and this isn't a right, and, and all those different things that that you could just kind of see, and, and it was just a shift in culture because it was a shift in the way these kids had seen their parents grow up and in social media and, and all those things like he just described in his, in his book. So it's not that I don't think that, that you can't be successful as a millennial with, with, with where you're at. It's just, I don't understand with you. And, and I don't know if I'll ever understand just because I can't relate is, is that, you know, let's do more. We're always chasing the more, you know, let's expand. What else can I do? What else can I think about? What else can I, uh, you know, do for the day to, to conquer or whatever, or to find my purpose instead of just saying, ah, I don't got a purpose. Well, let's go find one. Yeah, I think, and it's, I think it's okay too, to not necessarily know your passion at right. this age. You know, I, I, I kind of wanted to be a nurse when I was younger. I always knew I wanted to be in the public eye. Um, but so nursing wasn't like necessarily my passion, but it was something that I did enjoy doing aside from all the paperwork. And then I ultimately was 29 years old when I found the passion of just television and just kind of being myself. And, and then I wanted to be a one hit wonder. So I did that and had the platform to do that from that, from the show. And so I was 29 when I really like found my niche and became like really happy with the glamorous side of it, hair and makeup every day. But like, I wasn't going nursing. I mean, I still showed up in hair and makeup. Can you imagine? But, um, you know, I found my passion at 29. So I think a lot of people struggle. I know Brielle's like, I don't really know what I'm passionate about. And I tell her like, it's okay. You may one day just, you know, have lunch with somebody and they say X, Y, and Z or dinner. And, and you're like, Oh my God. And it hits you. It will hit you. Um, and I think, you know, with the whole, you got to go to college, know exactly what you're doing at 18. Stigmatism is not always the right way either. You know, Ariana, she wants to be an actress and, and all that stuff, but she may change her mind in two years. Who knows? Um, so, but Brielle working, reading, I read every self-help book known to man um, just, you know, throughout my life. I just loved all, just I was trying to educate myself and learn. And I right. think, Brielle, you could benefit from doing that. But kind I guess of as well. so. I guess what as I should she's sending me as she's sending me right now a uh, Instagram story from one of our friends. So so my, my last question for you is is so after hearing all of this and what we talked about success and purpose and all those things, what I what I genuinely think helps people you know, things kind of fall into their lap is by just taking action, you know, like had mom not taken the actions that she took, she wouldn't necessarily probably be on Real Housewives Atlanta because it took her the action of moving and meeting people and networking and all those things. And in, in those sequential in, the, in that order to get to where she's at, do you do you think that you take enough action in a day? Or could you take more action? I mean, you could always do more. Ah, right? okay. Yeah. High five. We agree. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but like, I don't even know like what like more I can do. I feel like I know absolutely everybody in Atlanta. So if I needed to expand, I need to get out of here. Right. So, so your so action for you is not necessarily maybe more networking because your network's big. Maybe more action for you is is doing an outline or thinking more business driven or or thinking, you know, researching product development or. Things like that, maybe more action there, routine action, maybe or. What do you think? Yeah, she's real motivated. Can <laughs> got, you all tell? I got the millennial attitude right yeah. there. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, um, yeah, I just. Uh, That's fun. It's very fun. Yeah. Um, so thankful that Chris is able read, to, I to 
join us. It's a great read, you guys. I will put the link will be um, beneath this podcast here. Free. That was really sweet of him. That's I did amazing. not know that. Millennialwhisper.com forward slash Kim. He's giving away 5,000 free ebooks. You know, the one thing that I do know about Chris and that I picked up on when I met him on the plane and, and on Friday's meeting that we were there for hours and hours and we we're only supposed to be there like two. Um, and even talking to him today, he's motivated to help people so he he's he followed his passion he invested in his book and it's doing so well because it's he's truly passionate about it so when you really do find your passion you tend to naturally succeed yeah instead of trying to finesse and do other things you know I always tell people, too, on the podcast, like, Angie, my spiritual counselor, you know her. You know, she doesn't want this big house. She doesn't want – not everybody has the same drive to have. You want to live on the beach. Would you want 17,000 square feet or would 2,000 square feet be okay for you? I just want the ocean. So all the so get a box, sweetie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, all right, you guys. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of House of Kim. I hope you guys learned a lot from Chris. Pick up his book. It's such a great read, especially. I mean, parents, hear me out. It is definitely eye opening. So, if thanks, you, you guys. It's my age. Please, maybe this will help help you understand them. Thanks for listening to House of Kim with Kim Zolciak Bierman. Catch new episodes every Wednesday exclusively on PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you love the show, don't forget to leave a rating and review. A big thank you to our sponsors for this episode of House of Kim. They are the Daily Popcast with Lance Bass. Subscribe today. Bet online. Sign up with promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus today and follow along with your favorite host picks throughout the season. Good American, head over to goodamerican.com forward slash Kim Z. You'll get 20% off your full order. Sale items and all the discount will be applied at checkout. Little Caesars, get the extra most bestest stuffed crust pepperoni pizza for only $9. Happy Cards for a limited time only. Free shipping on all Happy Card orders by visiting www.giftcards.com forward slash happy and veteran. Use Kim Z 25 for 25% off and free shipping. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.